I had a whole message already Thursday. I was all good, and then I got home yesterday after being at the fair all day up in Colville, and and I had to do a different one. So, but uh, I think it's timely, and I'm hoping I'm hoping it sets people free that that are that you're you're free free to be able to like be the Christian you need to be right where you're living, and um, and not be not be ashamed or, or intimidated. Um, so let's pray. Father, we just thank you for today. Um, and uh, you put us here in this time. And you, you didn't make things happen as they are, but you did put us here in a time like this. And therefore, God, you have also promised in your word that, that there's nothing, no temptation that comes upon us, no testing that comes upon us except what is common to man. And that you will, with that testing, uh, make a, uh, a way for us to stand up under it and to get and to escape from it, Lord. You, you, these are, nothing's caught you off guard. So, Father, I pray you help to equip us for, for the, the role in which you've called us to play here uh, in this time. Um, and may we embrace the, the things we just sung about, to, to worship you with all of our heart, to be joyful, God, and, and say, God, whatever you need, whatever you need from me, I'm yours. Um, and we just, just thank you. So speak today. Help us to hear what you're saying in Jesus' name. And everybody said. Uh, there's a Bible there. If you don't have a, if you've got your Bible, I want you to turn your Bibles to John, uh, Gospel of John. We'll just look at chapter 14 initially, and then we're going to go to chapter 8. There's a Bible in front of you underneath the seat there, most likely, so that's a New International. And if anybody, just so you know, if anybody doesn't have a Bible or you know somebody, any, you could take that with you, the ones that are, we have others out there. We bought them specifically for anybody who, who would like one. Um, you can just go ahead and take it. Why don't we stand and we just read the Word of God here, uh, verse 1 of chapter 14 of John. <clears throat> really focusing on, on verse 6, but I want to get the context going on here. Um, Jesus has just predicted Peter's betrayal uh, and uh, his denial, and Peter said, no way. And then, where are you going? I can't tell you. You can't come now. You come later. And then they're all kind of disturbed. Like, what? You're going away? Wait, I thought you were going to be the king. And, and you can see they're all... They, they, there's a lot of confusion that's going on in their minds. Plus, the, 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 Jesus' words that they were going to run away and turn their back on him. And that Peter himself would deny him. Uh, I mean, so understand, this is what's going through their minds right now. They followed Jesus for three years. He's their Savior. He's the King, the Messiah. And he's just told them something that just devastates them. And his words in verse 1 of chapter 14 is, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. You understand? He's saying this purposely because they were very troubled at that very moment. He says, don't worry about this. Trust in God. Trust also in me. He said, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. 
I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And Thomas says what all of us probably would have said. Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how do we know how <laughs> the way? And Jesus says, I am the way and the truth. And the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. So, Father, just give us, open your word to us right now in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. We know that there's only one way to the Father, right? It's through Christ. Um, I, we can have respect and, uh, of others, other religion and, and those kind of things. That there's, no, there's no need for anyone to... To, to be insulting towards people who are uh, of different religions that, um, that don't uphold the Bible like we do or, or, or Christ, you know. Um, but that doesn't mean we, we have to say, well, there are many paths to, to God. No, there's only one. I didn't write the book, neither did you. We don't have the right to say uh, things that aren't true. Amen? And so, but Jesus says, I am the way. Uh, and so what's the way? It's through the truth, it's the way to the truth, and that truth is life, amen, and leads us to the Father. Um, so, in light of that, that we know that it's, it's only through Christ, I want to just kind of let you walk through my thinking process, and I'm going to, I don't know how much my notes I'm going to really pay attention to, but um, I started thinking about... Um, what is the most fundamental, fundamental element in our life in this earth? The thing that we have to have and we use in everything that we do. In some way, we have this one thing. It penetrates every area of our life. Anybody want to take a risk? Huh? Air, that's good. Huh? Yeah, light, light. Yeah, that that's water. Yeah, the Lord. Yeah, but I mean, people live without the Lord, so not they're going to live forever. But well, I'm, you know, thanks for saying that. Those are all good things. I believe it's currency. It's money. Your ability to come here today was set up by your alarm clock went off or your wife or somebody nudged you awake. I don't know. Some, right? Well, you had, you, you, you purchased that, right? That technology that you also are on a bed that you purchased, your, your home above your head, the clothes that you wear, the food in your refrigerator, the refrigerator. Every single one of those things has one thing in common. You needed money. It's the currency, right? Your health. Going to the doctor, well, the fundamental thing that we all need when we do the doctor is some form of paying them, right? Insurance and... and um, and so insurance pays it. Yeah, but you have to pay the insurance. I mean, is there any way you could get away from this need for currency to conduct your life? 
It's in everything, right? Um, Just this, we call this a family room. Well, this wouldn't exist unless people were willing to turn over their currency in exchange for materials and labor, and here we are. Um, How about marriage and children? And we know that children are rather expensive. But I tell you, the return is greater than any expense we could ever ever give out. Amen? Uh, your work, obviously. Um, the, all kinds of things. With You know, we have relationships here. There are some that, that uh, um, in the wintertime, I really appreciate some people in this room right now uh, because they plow my driveway and they plow it here, right? And our relationship, though, is good, and there's, a, there's an exchange, right? And so many things. You're, you're, Randy, you're building your house. Well, nobody's just dropping off materials, right? right? No, there's an exchange. And what is It's always currency. It's, uh, our utilities, our, our groceries, mowing the grass. You need a lawnmower or, or maybe an electric one, but you've got to buy it. You've got to charge it. You want to drive to Spokane? How many know that's a lot of currency, right? Fill up your gas tank. Um, your education, everything, that every aspect of our life involves the currency of the world. Now, there's different, different kinds of currency, all called different, the ruble, the yen, and all these things, but it's all money, right? So I started, in my metaphorical mind, says, okay, well, what about Christians? What about people of faith we have a dual citizenship, right? Remember, we're citizens of the United States of America. Gratefully so, amen? I mean, we should be eternally grateful uh, and humble because we sure didn't do anything to be born here instead of people who were born in Bangladesh. We're not better than them. It's just the grace of God that gave us this opportunity. But we are also citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Amen? And there's a different government going on there um, in a good way. And so in the, in the area of, of, you know, laws and stuff, our, for, the, for the Christian, the, the ultimate law of the land is what? The truth of God's word, the kingdom of God, the word of God, what he says. If our government tells us to do what God said don't do, or if they try to tell us to, to do what, uh, to not do what God told us to do, then we, it's a, it should be a pretty easy thing. I, I'll obey the one before whom I'm going to stand to give an account for my life one day. I'll, I'll, I'll follow him. That's what this is about. We realize God loves us, He's forgiven us, but we also are going to stand before Him, every one of us, and give an account for our life. Even those who are saved, we will give an account. It won't be a judgment of heaven and hell, but it will be a judgment of rewards. We don't have time to get into that, but that's, that, that's what it is. So we recognize that. And so what is the currency of the kingdom of God? What is the one currency that goes into everything? That's good. Salvation. I think those are good. right. Salvation. We got to be saved. Yeah. Love. What? Our rewards. Yeah. Somebody said faith. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, and faith, because I also thought it could be faith too. But then again, people have faith in Buddha. So, because faith is an action word, isn't it? It's not a noun. Currency, the doll, that's a noun. That's a thing. Faith is an action. So, what's the currency of the kingdom of God? What? Peter? Yeah. <laughs> Truth. That exa- I think that's it. We have faith, not just any truth. In fact, there is no such thing as any truth. There's only truth, right? But even as, as a believers in Christ, that our pursuit is not to create our own truth, but discover what the truth is and then align ourselves with that. Amen? That's the only safe way to go about living this life. It, you might somebody might read something about what God did in the Old Testament, and and I, I, I don't know how many times I heard, well, God did that, and if, God, if He's God of love, how could He do that? I'll never believe in a God like that. Well, what if that is God? What if the one you're going to stand before does things you don't understand, and you think are wrong, but you're still going to give an account for your life in front of Him, and He has the power to send you to heaven or to hell? Guess what? I'm going to find out. I need to know that God really well. Because I can't escape that. I can't, I can't deny His existence because I don't understand everything He does. Or I don't like everything He does. If He's God, you can't change Him by your opinions. I believe that, that, that truth is the currency, the kingdom of God. And it's what we take into every area of our life. Look at John chapter 8. Go back a few chapters, and we're just going to walk through a few, uh, starting in verse uh, 31. I tell you, this is just quite a revelation to me, and I, I'm, pro- I'm probably still processing it. And you, We're all going to discover it a little bit more here. And I want to say something before I go into anything else. Because I'm going to talk about the issues of the day and people who are up there trying to make changes. If you simply want to know who this God is and what is the truth, you are welcome here. If you got spiked hair, you're married to somebody of the same gender and you think you're a cat. But if you just want to, you sincerely want to know who is this God. You are welcome in this place. You may have voted for the most whacked out candidate in every, your whole life. You are welcome in this place. Because our pursuit is truth. Amen? And that truth should, will lead us to someone. Right? But it's only with the truth that you're not going to get some kind of lame brain, kind of politically correct, uh, modified, not offensive kind of message here. Because we, we've got to find out who the truth is because that's the only way we're going to find life. Amen? And, um, and so you're welcome. Some people think that because of my particular 
my wife and I took an engagement with, with the Republican Party that somehow you be a Republican to come here. Or who I have voted for or not, that if you don't vote the way we do, you're not welcoming me. That's ridiculous. In fact, I've never said anything like that. That's, that's those who, who've got an agenda who want to like slander us. Uh, but, but listen, it's about, it, it, we are about pursuing the truth. Amen? Because it's that truth that sets us free. Jesus said in John um, chapter 8, uh, verse 31, he said, To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Not if you worship a nice song. He said, If you hold to my teachings, you're really my disciples. And then he says, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you've been here a lot. You know, we've, I've touched on this a number of times. But you understand, this, this is a principle here. People know about the truth, but you don't know the truth until you're doing the truth. And when you start doing the truth, that's when you begin to step into freedom. But like avoiding the, 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 the traps of what a lie takes you to. Amen? And, and walking into that, um, that freedom. In fact, it says, and so what is, it's the truth that's going to set you free. You know, if you have enough money, that can do a lot for you in this life. I could actually build a deck. I could have a shop garage finally in my, if I had some, you know, just personally, you know. I mean, on a worldly thing, if you have enough money, you can, you can take care of things, right? But what if we have an abundance of truth? What can we do? If we're walking in the fullness of the truth, we're convinced that we know the, the truth and the one whose, whose truth it is. There's, a, there's freedom that we can live in ourselves and that which we can also take others in. Jesus, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we call those the Gospels. Um, there's a four different, uh, parallel, pretty parallel. John's kind of different. The Gospel of John was written probably about 30 years after Matthew, Mark, and Luke were written. Um, Matthew, Mark, and Luke were uh, fairly close, just a, just a number of years apart. Uh, Mark may have been the first one that was written, quite frankly, because some of, of Mark, the shortest of the Gospels, is some sections are, are quoted verbatim in Matthew and Luke. Um, um, and I, I could keep going, but I just don't want to get sidetracked too much. But um, John wrote, wrote his, um, in his, probably in his 90s, uh, and so th- that's why there are some different stories and a little different there, but... but Throughout those four Gospels, the re- record of Jesus' earthly ministry, no less than 78 times, if you look in the NIV version, the phrase, I tell you the truth, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, 78 times. Now, if you have a King James or something, it might be verily, verily. He says the same thing. He says, I'm telling you the truth. In fact, listen up, I'm speaking something, a really important truth. 78 times Jesus preceded or, or pre, um, prelude or what, what led off what he was about to say by saying, I tell you the truth. Why? Because the truth is the currency of the kingdom of God. Look at, look, go down a few more verses here. And, um, of course, the Pharisees in there were all upset with Jesus. And um, uh, they were trying to cut Jesus down and all that stuff. And they said, Abraham's our father in verse 30, um, 39. And he goes on, Jesus says, um, if Abraham, if you were Abraham's children, then you would do the things Abraham did. 
As it is, you are determined to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. Um, he's saying that I that you are um, as a, you want to kill me as a man who told you the truth I heard from God. The Apostle Paul in Galatians uh, four, you don't have to turn there, but in Galatians four verse sixteen, the Galatians, the believers in Galatia. Galatia is a region, not a city, by the way. So it's multiple churches in the region of Galatia that Jesus, that Paul is writing to. They had started off good, and, and then he says, "What happened to you guys? You were walking in faith and grace, and now you're going back to the law. What's going on?" In fact, he he starts saying almost like he's exasperated. So you foolish Galatians, who has so fooled you? And so he's he's talking to them about the truth, and they're not liking what he's saying. And and in Galatians four sixteen, he he says, "Have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth?" How many people understand that reality? You've told someone the truth as best you could, and you became, they treated you like an enemy. How many know the truth still needs to be told? Because that's the only thing that will set them free, right? The same kind of thing. This, the, and, and then it goes on, but what's the currency of the kingdom of darkness? Yeah. Verse uh, 44, uh, he says... Jesus says, you, you, listen how, how nice and, and kind he is to these uh, Pharisees. You belong to your father, the devil. <laughs> and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the what? Because there's no, no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. The currency of the kingdom of darkness is lies. And what's the, what's the result? John 10, 10, you know that verse. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. This, that's, that's what happens. When you live your life on lies, what, the things that God, your life could have been are stolen from you, are, are killed, and are destroyed. Uh, and so, but Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. So understanding that, when... Anyone, I'll just, since pastors seem to get, get targeted, when a pastor actually addresses the lies in policies and laws that are handed down from those who think they know better than everybody else, is that pastor abandoning the gospel? Has he gotten just political? Is if you do that, have you like lost your way? No, you're just, you are a child of the kingdom of God and you're carrying your currency wherever you go. The currency of truth is demanded wherever you engage. It's legal tender. It's the gold standard. It's the only way to life. And for us not to to Bring the currency of the truth, of God's truth, faith in His truth. That's where our faith is. Not to take that into places where we live and work and engage because we're afraid someone might be upset. Then what does that say about us? How convinced are we about this? Is it, it may, to me, it's like you, you, you become two-faced or you're, you're hypocritical or you're, you're, you're acting as if somehow this is irrelevant to every area of life. 
It only works inside these walls. And gives a picture that the unbelievers out there are right to just look at the church as a bunch of just insecure people who need a crutch but don't know how to live in real life. The truth is like, um, I don't know, how many of you have seen my silly putty? Yeah, I've got, I've got almost a quart of silly putty in my office. And it's actually on top of a, a mason jar just drooping down on my um, coffee table. Um, long story, some kid's coming in. It's 22 years old and still acts like silly putty. See, the thing about silly putty is it has no shape of its own and is always changing and seeking the lowest place it can go. It can't hold a shape if it tried. And so it's fun to take a little blob, you get a little statue, you just stick it on top of it, come back the next day, and it's just all over. And the longer it's there, the thinner it gets, the more you could, it takes on the shape of whatever it's on. That's not what the truth is. And we, we should never be that be the silly putty kind of Christianity. The truth that the only truth that'll set you free is like Mount Rainier. You can't move that thing. You might be able to chip off a few rocks, but that's it. You gotta get up there first. It's, the point is, uh, it's, it's unchanging. And, uh, and we have this truth, of the, 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 this currency called the truth that, that, that we, we bring here on Sunday morning, of course, in our, in our studies and stuff. Where it's a pursuit of the truth. We take uh, the truth in, in the area of our business, how you conduct business, right? If you don't, what's going to happen to your business? Right. You take it in your marriage and your relationships, right? A, a relationship not based on truth. What kind of relationship is that? It's the, and, and as, as children of God, as, as um, followers of Christ, in our education system, how many want truth taught in our schools? How can we not take the currency of the kingdom of God into our schools and not demand that that's in there? How about things like sexuality and gender and gender identity and biology? How about a little truth there? I mean, you don't have to abandon the gospel because you're, it, it's, it's all the same currency. Amen? You're shopping. You don't shoplift. Demand the, things, the same thing of candidates, of parties, uh, political parties, voting. All it's, We want the truth. The news media. Yeah, you better speak the truth or we're going somewhere else. And thankfully, with the platforms that are out there, there are plenty of places to go for real journalism now. And they typically won't be on your major networks. Amen? Even with, with medicine, vaccines, COVID, they have scheduled a new pandemic. They said middle, mid-September. How do you do that if it's just something just happens? In fact, I, I, I just want to encourage you. Um, um, yeah. Um, and I would, I would like not here, but there are some really good resources to help you stay healthy and go through this, whatever's happened. And, and uh, honestly, um, uh, I'm, I'm hoping and praying that, that many, many 
pastors and churches that say, I've had enough. You cannot tell me we can't meet together. You, I'm sorry, the masks don't work. The CDC knew that ahead of time. Uh, the, the shots, they don't do anything. Yeah, in fact, in fact, the records actually show in, in one study that 95% of the people dying in hospitals of COVID are vaccinated. That's the truth. I mean, there's so many, uh, so many of these things. And so we, we want to demand truth from them. Amen? And you know what? You have the ability to understand. You don't have to have a doctor in front of your name in order to read the various studies and stuff and, and make your own conclusions. You don't have to rely on me. Heaven forbid, right? Yes, Peter McCauley. There's a lot of them. Dr. Simone Gold was just um, speaking last yesterday at this the, uh, the the Great Reawakening versus the Great Re- Reset that Clay Clark put on. He, he did this last fall over at the at the raceway. What I'm just saying is, um, re- regardless. Of, of any choice I made, there are a lot of resources that you need to know and, and find for yourself. And I can help you do that. But the decision is yours. Um, and uh, again, there's not going to be a, 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 an entrance for vaccinated and for unvaccinated. That's just not going to happen here. All right? It's not going to be whether you're a good Christian if you don't wear a mask or not. That's, that's not a measure of your Christianity if you have a mask on or if you're vaccinated. Listen, we're all just pursuing the truth, and sometimes we, we don't get it right the first time. All right? But we, 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 uh, uh, we, we need this. I, so I'll tell you what I did yesterday. Um. We were up at the Northeast Washington Fair in Colville. And, of course, the parade through Colville. And being with the Republican Party that we are in Stevens County, we have to be part of the parade. So we're walking down. Another, another guy, a little bit my senior, probably about 10 years, loves God with all his heart, loves this nation with a passion. And he, like I think you, see what's happening in our nation, this two-tier justice system. We could see one party targeting the other one with a, the, 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 the injustice is happening. The, 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 this, is, this is unprecedented. This is the banana republic kind of stuff. And this is not America. And um, maybe you saw a mugshot this week. All right. It's not about whether he should be president or not. It's not about whether you should vote for him or not. It's not even about whether you should like him or not. The injustice happening to him being indicted for things that the very people in the other party are actually doing with a boldness, we should say enough is enough. I'm not going to live in a country like that. If it was the other way around, I should be as a child of God, be as much concerned about the truth going against someone I don't appreciate, but as being treated poorly or wrongly, being unjust, that I should be the first, we should be the first one to stand up for them. Amen? Amen. Because a society that's not built on truth is not safe for anybody. And so, Dave and I, not this Dave here, but this other guy's Dave, we carry Donald Trump's sign (laughs) down 
the middle of Colville to say, this is not right. This is not how America functions. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, we had a, we had a couple people, two ladies go like this and two hold their nose and a whole lot of people clapping. Uh, but again, it's, Understand, this is not about a candidate. There's something so much bigger going on in this nation. I wrote about this in my column I just submitted to the South Stevens County Times. There's something bigger going on. It's not about Donald Trump. It's not about Joe Biden. There's a... Maybe he's just a famine of truth in the land. There's a spiritual famine. There's a a drought that is happening in the souls of, of, of Americans, and this is what you get. If we all, all we do is try to just vindicate, you know, get Trump off, for example, we're just dealing with symptoms. We've we, we got to go after the, 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 the cancerous core that's at the middle of all this, and that's this, this rejection of God. And just, just a side note, uh, for those who... Maybe you all understand this, but if somebody watching doesn't... You know the whole process of indictments? They say you can indict a ham sandwich. You understand an indictment? They call a grand jury, people, and then the the prosecution comes and says, look at all this evidence we've got against this person. This is a bad person. They should be indicted. And the person they're talking about can't even show up and no lawyers. There's no... No ability to refute anything. And the, the, the people on the grand jury just have to decide, okay, we'll indict him. That's why you can indict a ham sandwich. An indictment does not mean anything about guilt. This actually shows the, the, the failure of this whole grand jury kind of thing. Um, just, I just say that just for some clarification. In fact, Proverbs eighteen seventeen says, The first to present his case seems right until another comes forward and questions him. That process does not allow another person to come forward and question them. But we need, we live in this community, we live in this society, we live in, in this nation, and as believers in Christ, that we bring the, the, the currency of the truth of God that sets people free, that established this nation, that created the greatest nation the world has ever known. We have lived under one constitution, what, 237, no, 236 years or something like that. And the average nation since during this time, the constitution has lasted 17 years. Something's different about America. Because of how we were founded. It was because of the biblical principles. It was because of faith. It was because of the preaching of the gospel from the pulpits in the 150 years leading up to the Declaration of Independence that, that everything in the Declaration of Independence was preached about from pulpits in the colonies. And those who want to label Christians as Christian white nationalists, maybe you've read the just horrendous, irresponsible uh, spokesman review uh, article about uh, last Sunday's Let Us Worship event. I printed it off. It's called Woodward Faces Condemnation After Appearing on Stage with Matt Shea at Christian Nationalist Event. 
it was a worship and prayer event. But the enemies of the gospel have, are determined to try to paint Christianity and Christians as some Christian nationalists. It sounds bad. Well, they define it as, and, and the neat thing about when you make up your own terms, you can also, about other people you don't like, then you can also say, what do you think they are? That you are a white supremacist, you are a racist, you, are, um, you want to oppress women, you are transphobe, homophobe, adiphobe, whatever, all, you know, adiphobe. And, and, and you, you want to take over America, you know, and, and only make the... And, and all these kind of things are, are out there. Let me tell you what's happening, I believe... In those people who are out there, in fact, I just I read something two nights ago that uh, this group is is going to Mayor Woodward, who I tell you, ashamed of her response to this whole thing. And I'm not trying to say Matt Shea is a perfect individual either. I don't know if you have opinions about him. It's not about that. But. Um. They want Mayor Woodward to de- to de- make it to declare separation of church and state. The going to her to what does that mean? Separation of church and state. I wrote an article about it, and then a follow up in J- June and, and July and August for the the Times. But um, it means that the government cannot control how you who and how you worship. That was what the colonists were, were concerned about. Because King George had taken over the church, or King Henry VIII, uh, back in the 1500s, and because the, the Pope wouldn't uh, annul his marriage to his dead brother's wife. And so he said, well, I'll just make in my own church, and I'll be, I'll be in charge. And, and the Church of England and, and the government's in, in charge. It's the official church. If you're not part of the official church, all horrible things happen to you. And our founding fathers said, that's not going to happen here. You can worship as you feel free. And, um, and, they, and the point was, the government is not going to have any power over the church. They are separate from the church. And the, in fact, that word never appears, but... But I believe that what's really happening here, and I think it's important that, that I think we should have this kind of understanding. As we look at those people who are opposing Christianity, who want to shout these really baseless charges um, about separation of church and state. I mean, in, we, had, we had that, that candidate's night, you know, a month ago here on a Wednesday night. Uh, several people were, were saying the church should never have any business in politics. I mean, it's that kind of thing. You just, you know, get out of there. You, you know, separate the church. They, that, they don't understand that we, we're dealing with the currency of the kingdom of God while we live on this earth, and it's called truth. Right? And we, we have every right to expect that here in our society. About the, we're based on the rule of law and these kind of things. Um, but... I believe what's going on and those who are most rabid kind of obsession to silence and censor anybody who's a Christian, I believe what's really going on is they're trying to silence 
the voice of the convicting spirit of God in their hearts. That they have rejected God. And they have, they have to establish some kind of structure to justify uh, their rejection of God by demonizing those people who actually love God and follow Him with all their heart. That's what this is about. I believe, not to mention that the devil himself wants to try to intimidate you and I, make, make us go crawling like little puppies with our tail between our legs and say, oh, I'm so sorry for hurting your feelings and not agreeing with everything you said. Um, and uh, uh, can I come now? Uh, come out now if I just comply with whatever you say? And that's what they want. But how about if we end on a good note? I'm, I, I'm all for that. I believe that there's some real signs of an awakening happening in America. And we, we might think it has to come through the church. I... I I believe the political wrangling that's going on and the corruption, just the blatant. I mean, anybody heard of a guy named Hunter? (laughs) The number of people who still think there's nothing there are so small in this country. Is it possible that these kind of events could actually awaken people to the corruption that's going on and then begin to awaken them to realize, hey, how do we get here? How do we get out of that? And actually the very thing to awaken, not just awaken to the truth of the truth, that wait, there's only one truth. Who, who, what's his name again? Right? I mean, just think about it. Just right here. Okay, right? A month ago we had a candidate's night here. Why? In a primary because there are five candidates for one position. Eric Keller has, had not had somebody run against him in 12 years. And the only other time was one time, and that was Marie Lehman. A lot of us know her and love her. And most, most of the other school board candidates had never have anybody run against him because the, the school board has been off the radar for so many years that whoever's there pretty much runs unopposed and the boom, they're in and it just keeps going. But this year, unlike there's three positions and they all have somebody running against them. And all five candidates up here, they were all conservative in their, in, in their view of things pretty much, which is incredible. Um, and you, in the Mead School District, the Central Valley, the Spokane Valley, they, they all, also these parents are like, I think I'm going to run for school board. What, what's happening? I believe that there's an awakening. It's like we are going to live by the truth, and I'm tired of being told to just shut up and be quiet and follow what, what the news media says. I believe that absolutely. Whether you're a Christian or not, you don't need to, to know Christ to know what a lie is. You don't. Many people live, live by the truth without knowing Christ yet. They, they need to find Christ because there's more going on here than they need to understand, right? Can I just a little... Uh, something that happened Wednesday night. Anybody? There was uh, a debate on, on Fox. Had a debate. Eight candidates was a record setting for this year uh, a 
Nielsen rating, 12.8 million people. The, the, the largest non-sporting event watched this year. 12 point, remember that number, 12.8%. There's somebody else uh, named Tucker Carlson who had been the number one evening uh, news guy, commentator, whatever, in the nation. He beat everybody, not just on Fox, everybody. And he was unceremoniously just like, oh, you're gone. Well, he interviewed somebody else you might really know who wasn't at that, that event. Uh, Trump. Maybe you've heard that name. 260 million people have watched that. What that tells me is, again, this is not about you better vote for Trump, you better like Tucker. That's, that's, that's not it. It's a bigger thing. I believe that that is just a, a symptom that America, Americans are waking up like, I'm tired of this, these lies. I want to know what the truth is. You may not vote for Trump. I don't really care. But we want to pursue that which is true, and that must be we must hold our elected officials accountable to stand by the truth. And if you don't, then you're out. I don't have to comply with you. I will not bow to your ridiculous, foolish little label of a Christian white supremacist. You're the racist if you, if you have to put white in there. Call me a Christian white nationalist, I mean. I love Jesus with all my heart, and I love my nation with all my heart. So sue me. <laughs> But, I, but, but those people who love Jesus with all their heart and their nation are the best friend to their enemies they could ever have because we'll stand and fight for their freedoms. Amen? Why? Because it's not about a political party. It's not even about necessarily you having to join our church or be a Christian, although obviously that would be a good thing. But it's about that we could walk in freedom and liberty so that you can know God. You can live the life God has, has, has called you to you, that our children and grandchildren can live and pursue the, the purposes for which God has created them and not be under some oppressive, dictatorial, communist, globalist regime, which there are those who want, who want to, to do those very things. Living by the... Um, um, The, the currency of, of um, the kingdom of darkness, living by those lies, it's like um, you, you're, you're trading your gold standard for a credit card that you can't pay back, right? It's kind of like how the Congress spends more money. What's another trillion? Oh, we don't have it? Raise taxes, make a debt, get go in debt. What happens when, when you pay something on credit and then you then this comes around and then you eventually pay it? You end up paying more than you meant to, right? Because of interest. Well, in in, in the same sense, the, the lies, living by lies, um, uh, has the same effect upon us. That that. Um, we just we ignore the truth, and we just think, well, if, if we just kind of um, live by these lies, that that somehow it'll, it'll work out. And yet, the um, 
the um, the collection agency uh, eventually comes calling and you owe that debt, you can't get out. And ultimately, that is really what Christ, why Christ came. This is what the cross is really all about. Because in, in a much larger sense, all of us at one time before we found Christ, if you're, if you're a follower of Christ, um, we were living a lie. We've, we lived as if we don't need God. We lived as I can do my own thing or what's the big deal or I could do this and I can do that. And, 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 and we, we, we didn't recognize who or what we were rejecting. Do we understand that the value of something is based on what people are willing to pay for it? Right? That's the value. If the God of the universe who created you and I was willing to send his son, submit himself from infancy to adulthood, to the restrictions of a human body, have to experience all the, ex- the emotions and, and the changes and all the things that we do, interactions and betrayal, all that in human life, so that he could then stand in our place, having not sinned where we have, and not just be put to sleep, but suffer the, the most cruel, painful death known to man in that day through crucifixion, that he would take upon himself and suffer to such an extent uh, he wasn't just on the cross, but the fact that he, had, he would be dehydrated by then. He had been uh, beat with rods over the head. A crown of thorns was, was shoved into his skull. And then his, his back was, was a piece of, of, of raw meat uh, from being uh, whipped uh, in just grotesque ways. And then as he's nailed on that cross, and the only way he could get a breath would be to push up on the spike through his feet, um, up like this with his raw back up against a, a, a rough wood thing. And this, he did this for six hours and then he died. And he gave his life such a, a, a sacrifice so that we won't perish and go to hell. He ransomed us at such a priceless gift, the precious blood of Jesus, Paul talks about, not just gold and silver, but pre- the precious blood of Christ. He has died for us. And because his death, we can be forgiven. And so what happens when we turn our backs and say, I don't need you, what are you trampling on? When God looks upon that, you deserve hell. I'm sorry, that doesn't sound very nice. But if I believe that we see what God has done for us and, and, the, and the, 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 the costs to him personally and to his son to save us, and we say, I don't need that. I can do my own life. You are trampling and spitting upon the very blood of Jesus shed for you. Because what happens when, when we begin to get convicted of our sin, we'll do one thing. We'll run like others have away from God and try to vilify and slander the God and, and people who follow God and, and that by calling them all these kind of names to justify our, our, our rejection of God. Or we can awaken to the fact 
I owe a debt I can't even pay. It is so big, I, there's no way. What can a man uh, give in exchange for his soul? Was it was a profit? You gain the whole world, but you forfeit your soul. You can live as comfortable as you want here, but what if you forfeit your soul? You might be riding in a plane, for example. They say, you know, a first class. But what if it's not going where you want? It's about the destination. Amen? And we understand that we couldn't pay that debt. And as, a, as the song says, that we owed a debt we could not pay, but he paid a debt he did not owe. Amen? And saw us in our debt. Set his, sent his son and paid it in full. Can somebody say amen to that? Some of the greatest truths talk about the currency of heaven. This, these are the truths we stand on. Things like Romans 5 verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for this. In this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Romans 8, verses 1 and 2, therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. And so in 2 Corinthians 6, 2, Paul writes, this says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. In the day of salvation, I helped you. He's quoting from the Old Testament, probably Isaiah. He says, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. And then Hebrews brings it all in, verse, chapter 4, verse 7. Therefore God, again, set a certain day, calling it today. When a long time later, he spoke through David, as uh, was said before, today... If you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, because today is the it is the day of salvation. This is really what it, this all comes to. That, that um, the truth of the gospel that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day we we have to get serious about our soul. We have to get serious about our place in the in in, in today, and serious about what's going on around us, because God wants God is serious. And he wants to do some seriously good things here. Amen? But he needs a, a, a body of, of people who have, have surrendered themselves to him, who uh, are truly his, as we sang about. Um, Lord, have your way in me, uh, that you might be honored and glorified by my life. And that today, we would recognize today's a day of salvation. Today's a day. Let's stand. You bow your head and just like, um, I know at least most all of you, you, you give your life to Christ and that. Uh, but each one of us, Lord, just to, to ask the Lord, um, just an examination of your own heart. To, is this your today? Today is a day of salvation. Today, maybe there's some that, that the, you've been walking a line. You've been kind of, you kind of believe in God, but, but you recognize today you need to be all in. You need to surrender your life to Christ. That There, there, there is mercy and forgiveness for you. And, and, uh, and uh, 
And today, no, no, no more hiding in the shadows, no more stepping back, no, no more half way of living for God. But today, he says, Jesus, today I give you all of my life. Today I receive you as my Lord. I, today I, I declare that I am completely, completely yours. And that's, uh, I tell you that today. If that's you, would just put your hand up and say, God, that's me. Today I am yours. I am all yours. I am all yours, Lord. Today. Be the, my, my, my savior, my deliverer, my source of truth and life. And so, Father, we just want to commit ourselves to you today. That you might be glorified. You might be honored in this time. And that you would give us the courage to be the salt and light that you've, you have called us to be in this time. And empower your people, Lord God. Empower us, Lord, with your, with your grace and your mercy, Lord. Empower us, us with your spirit and the gifts of your spirit, Lord. Empower us with the truth of your word, Lord. Um, and the conviction, Lord, of its, of its uh, faithfulness and its trustworthiness, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Uh, would you maybe just repeat a prayer after me? And uh, I'm praying it with you and not just having you pray. We just pray, Lord. Dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. Heavenly Father. We come to you and declare that you are God and we are not. No, as anybody else. We love you. We thank you today for sending your son that he might give himself in my place. That I can be saved. That I am your child. Because of what he did in my place. And my faith in that. To forgive all my sin. And I give my life to you today. Would you be honored in my life. Glorified through my life. As I commit myself. To learning and growing. And walking in your truth. And being the light and the salt you've called me to be as an individual and as the body of Christ in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.